Hey, Zach, do you think we could do this podcast in five or ten minutes? Not this podcast. A devotional, though, maybe. For sure. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Bearing Up. We are so excited uh, for this episode. And uh, my name is Zach Griffin. With me is Joshua Hester. Uh, hey, Zach. Ladies' man extraordinaire with mm. his wife. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful now. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Zach? Uh, I'm, I'm just wonderful. Um... We're going to jump into this episode because there is a lot to talk about. Um, you know, one, one of the simplest things sometimes, well, maybe it's not the simplest, but I think one of the hardest things as a preacher is to do Wednesday night devotionals. That's like one of the parts of the week that I don't look forward to <laughs> just because it's hard to figure out what do you talk about for five to ten minutes? Um, so we're going to talk about putting together a short devotional. Um, and what prompted uh, me to, to ask this question and uh, talk with you about this, Joshua, is that, um, you know, I, I had somebody, uh, I was talking to somebody and we have a devotional sign-up sheet to lead the devotional on Wednesday nights, the invitation, uh, as some people call it. Uh, and he's like, uh, so I was talking to him. I was like, "Hey, you should sign up." And he said, "How do you how do you do a devotional? How do you write a, a devotional?" Um, and so that happened. And then this past Sunday, um, I had made plans and then forgot the plans to have a group come uh, from Forest Park uh, in Valdosta, Georgia, from the church there, and they came. And I apologize to all our members. <laughs> For not reminding you. Good job. I forgot. Uh, but, but I had to give, I have to put one together last minute. Uh, because I couldn't, I had been prepared to give a full sermon. It's like, oh, and by the way, you know, like three minutes before we got started. Can you have somebody do an invitation at the end? Yeah, I got that covered. So, um, so that's what we're talking about this today. Uh, Damien, if you're listening to this, this one's for you, man. Um, <laughs> but the way that we have this set up is there's five points or I guess five steps. Uh, and maybe you would formulate this a little bit differently. This is the way that I would formulate it. Um, because there's not, and I guess we could probably say like, there's not one set way. No. To do this, right? Are, are you familiar with any rules? To, no. To um, rules to... <laughs> it's funny that you say you have a harder time with the small devotional because I feel like I thrive in the five to 10 minute devotional and I struggle <laughs> in the 20, 30, 40 minute sermon. Um, because I personally, I have like a one track mind. So if I look at a passage, I'm like, all right, here's my point. Here's here's what I'm here's where I'm going. Yeah. And in a sermon, it's like, okay, we got to build this up, you know, over twenty to thirty minutes to get to this point. 
And with the devotional, it's like, all right, we could just jump right there. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for me, it's like, I just have so much to say about something that like, it's hard to like condense down everything I want to say. Mm-hmm. to just five or 10 minutes. So, uh, so we got different perspectives on this and that's, that's a good thing. So I feel like number one, if you want to put the numbers with these things, um, is yeah. Number one, um, whether it is a full length sermon or it is a devotional, I think the very first thing is to pick out a scripture. You know, when we when we talk about God, when we talk about His Word, when we talk about you know Christian living or whatever it is, um, it should be Bible based, right? We're we're not philosophy based. We're not you know we're not uh, you know anecdotally based. Is anecdotally a word? Yeah, sure. We're not we're not a story based church. We are a Bible based church. Uh, so we should pick out a scripture to begin with, um, and the text for a devotional should be uh, not a large chapter or passage. If if you're going to focus in on on the on the passage, the verse, um, because and you can you know I've I've heard many great devotionals that mention a chapter or a large passage or or a particular circumstance and they summarize it rather than read it rather than try to dissect all the little details um you know i've heard lessons on gideon right i've heard lessons on you know david and goliath just short devotionals considering them you know you don't want to read the whole chapter (laughs) no you lose people Uh, yeah right when you when you uh when you're giving a lesson like that, because you don't have a lot of time to dig deep. Um, if you're given a 45 minute sermon, right? You could take, you know, a pretty substantial portion of scripture and go verse by verse. Um, you know, a lot of my Bible classes are expository in nature. We go verse by verse through a whole chapter pretty much. Um, but, that's 45 minutes. You've got five to 10, so you can't do that. So what I would aim for, and I guess this is probably what you do too, is try to aim for picking out a passage that's one to three verses, just something short um, that you can explore and, and, and get a main idea from. Um, having a shorter passage allows you to explore that text more deeply yeah um i think about uh, you should probably pick passages that don't require a lot of explanation as in if you pick a passage from the minor prophets you're spending 20 minutes talking about the context of what of what we're talking about yeah um you know pick passages that that we can you can read and understand, and like I said, not need a twenty-minute backstory of <laughs> who is this and what is this and what's going on. Yeah, something that's something that you could have, you know, just a almost like a passing conversation with someone. Um, I think of it as a conversation sometimes. You know, let's say I want to talk to a coworker um, at break at our fifteen-minute break. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to the minor prophets and going into all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, and and I guess there is there is some occasion I would say like the very end of the book of Habakkuk is a good example of some a passage that you could take. It's like the last couple verses of of Habakkuk. You could have a devotional on that. Mm-hmm. Uh but you would just need to say like and you'd have to consider your audience with this too. You know, because you know, if you're giving a devotional to kids, they're not going to know like what, you know, captivity is and going into exile is and you know the history of that you could just say in like a sentence or two you know habakkuk is writing this and and god is you know god is gonna bring israel into captivity Mm -hmm. uh and you know they're they're wondering about what's gonna happen and there's this back and forth between god and habakkuk about what's about to take place and then that be it you don't have to say anything else about it and then you can go to that passage and say, but look at Habakkuk's attitude. And and you can, uh, you know, sort of make an application from that and be done. You know, like, you can pick... What's important, though, is that you're... You pick out something that, um, again, yeah, uh, doesn't need a ton of explanation. Uh, if it is something that's obscure, maybe from the Old Testament or something like that, like a sentence or two needs to be used mm-hmm. to kind of explain um, because you just don't have the time. <clears throat> and I would also, um, you know, if you're, um, you know, in a position where you've not done a lot of short devotionals, um, I would pick passages that you're familiar with, passages that you know, um, passages that you've heard maybe your whole life growing up and, you know, if this is because some of the people watching this have said hundreds, if not thousands, of short devotionals, they have their system, they ha- they know what they're doing. But for people that that don't know what they're doing, um, or you know, or might not have have done it before, I would pick a passage that that you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, something that you're familiar with, something that that is comfortable. Sure. And that, I mean, that does go for everybody in, in mm-hmm. a sense. Like, even if you've done many, many devotionals, you don't want to just go flip through the Bible and pick a passage and not have any study involved in it at all and just assume that you'll be able to do it on the fly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you should be comfortable with what you're, you should know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's important. Yeah. Pick a favorite verse pick a well-known proverb and pick something like that that you're good with um and, and i would i would say um and this might go and we, we might talk about this later but you know a sermon has several points and several pieces of application um, but something that i try to ask myself every time that that i do a short devotional with is what is one thing mm-hmm. that i could share that they can take away with, you know, that, that the people that I'm talking to, they can take with them and maybe encourage them, you know, just for the week or for the next day. Um, but you have to, you have to narrow it down to one thing, you know, what's one thing, yeah. um, <laughs> which can be hard yeah. for some people. That's yeah, that's hard for me. I want to have like three points in a poem, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta, it's, you just got time for one thing. You know I mean? If, if you make a list, that's one thing. 
But the more points that you have, um, the less you're going to be able to ex explain those things and to find real application to make it meaningful or relevant for people in their lives. Um, and so, yeah, you, you want to try and get that, that one point there. Um, anything else about picking out a scripture before we move on to number two? No, I think, you know, keep, keep it short and quick and comfortable. Something that, you know, yeah, That's about it. All right. So let's do number two. Um, and number two is interpreting the application from the passage. So you pick the verse, you pick the, the short passage of scripture, and then you take the time to, you know, what does it mean? Right. Uh, you never want to make your ideas fit a passage. That's that's important, you know, and, and that's a temptation. Sometimes maybe you have a topic before you have a passage. Right? I want to talk about courage or I want to talk about faithfulness or I want to talk about, um, you know, what whatever it may be. Um, and then you go and you, you know, you search, you do something like Bible Gateway or you something like. Uh, you know, Bible study tools and you just search, uh, you know, keywords. Uh, you know, you don't want to make your ideas fit a passage. You want to pull the main idea from the passage. Um, and that's, there's a fun word with that. You don't need to remember it, but it's called exegesis. Mm -hmm. You're going to take that meaning from the scriptures. Um and I think that something that's very important when trying to, to find the application, and again, we want to find something that's relevant, something that's meaningful, that's something that's actually going to bring about change. Um, and I think that in order to do that with a lesson, you should try and put in one sentence the main idea. You know, what is, and this goes for, you know, full-length sermons and devotionals, I think. What is the main idea that you're trying to get across? And I think that it's better to be more specific than general, right? You don't want to have a, a lesson that says, all right, the main idea is trust God. Because that's not, that's not specific enough. Like, okay, trust God. But, but in what context? Why? Why should I trust God? Why is a good question to ask um, with, you know, interpreting text and finding application. So you may instead, you might say, you know, your, your main idea sentence could be trust God through life's most difficult trials mm -hmm. or trusting God, uh, trusting in the Lord provides contentment, right? There's, there's reasons why, and you should be able to, when you're trying to, interpret a text you need to ask that question why why is this written what is this written for so that i could change what is the thing that god is wanting us to learn so that we be more like him and be more like christ and that we live the christian life in the right way i think about um you know we all have our own Here's a big word, presuppositions. And we have our own biases and our own um, things that we bring to the that we bring to the Bible that 
the Bible, <laughs> it's not originally there <laughs> yeah. until we bring it. And I think um, it, it is a whole lot easier. It is a whole lot easier to come to a passage and say, what do I want? What do I want to get? What, do, you know, what is, they have this idea of, I want to pull this idea from the passage as opposed to saying, what does this passage actually say? Yeah. Um, it takes a whole lot more study. It takes a whole lot more time and effort and energy to, to go to a text um, and, number one, to get rid of all of those biases that we have yeah. and to just look at the Scripture and say, what is, what is this passage saying? Um, yeah. Because it's a whole lot easier to, to, like you said, think about courage and then go, oh, well, um, David and Goliath, you know, and then you go and you, you read over it quick and you pull out courage from it. And, yeah. but you don't, but you don't really dig into scripture. Um, you don't see all the other applications that can come from, come yeah. from that. I, I think that these first two points are, are probably the things that should take the most time in, in the preparing of a, of a devotional, a short invitation, you know, you know, picking out the scripture, you know, finding something, and maybe it takes you a while to find something that, you know, you feel comfortable talking about, but then really diving into the text and trying to find out what it means. Now, because it is just the devotional, you know, the extent of that study does not necessarily have to go as deep as, you know, like a sermon would. You're just really trying to find the main idea. Um, you're not trying to break it up into smaller sections. You're not trying to, um, you know, give a whole, you're not writing a thesis, <laughs> right? When, whenever you look at a verse uh, or, you know, a few verses, a short passage, and you're saying, you know, I'm, I, I want to talk about this for five to ten minutes. It does not have to be that in-depth, but you should understand what the text is trying to say. So, since this is one of the harder parts in developing a lesson, we're going to give a couple examples uh, as to how you can do this. And neither of us have these things written down. We have a verse we ha or we have a passage. Um, so we're going to just do it in real time and just kind of find the application in these, in these verses. So I've got, um, I've got Matthew chapter seven and, uh, I've got verses 13 <clears throat> and 14. So again, that's Matthew chapter seven and verses 13 and 14. And so my goal, again, I've picked out a passage and now I'm trying to find the application I need to ask again, why is this written? What what do I need to come away with? Um, the New American Standard Bible of Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. So Joshua's going to let me talk about this one. I'm going to let him talk about the, mm -hmm. the one he's got. Um, so when I read that, I need to ask, okay, what is, what is going on here? You know, we have, we've got two gates, 
got a narrow gate, a wide gate. You got few that go in the narrow. You got a lot that go in the wide. So is is the application for this? Uh, enter through the narrow gate because it's the narrow gate. That's not actually the application, right? Just enter the narrow gate just because there's fewer people that go through it. The why to this is in where they lead. You've got the narrow gate, the wide gate. The wide gate leads into destruction. The narrow gate leads into life. So what does that mean? This is a matter of eternal life and uh, eternal punishment. It, it, it's a matter of life and destruction. And so I know the why. I want to be led to life. We all need to be led to life and go in the way of life. Um, and what does it take to get there? You go through the narrow gate, not the wide gate that's easy and a lot of people are going that way. You go through the, the more difficult way, the narrow gate. So application, if I wanted to put it, you know, a main idea into one sentence, um, if I want to have life, then I have to enter through that difficult, narrow way. And that's the application that, that we need to take. And that's the challenge, right? I can say, you know, we need to understand that the road might be difficult, but we have to follow Jesus. We have to enter through the narrow gate if we want to have life. And, you know, there it is. There's the application. Um, it didn't take a whole lot of interpreting. I didn't have to go to a Greek uh, lexicon. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. Um, I just had to ask, why is this written? What I need to take from this? So I'm going to let you do yours now. All right. First. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So mine comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 54. Uh, 54, see, see, my passage is a little bit longer. Uh, 54 down through uh, down through 58. So it's it's a little bit longer than your passage. Um, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes you'll have you know, sometimes you might um, focus on one word in one verse, or might it might be several verses. Um, yeah, First Corinthians fifteen, starting in verse fifty four. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, but the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. <clears throat> so, when I think of this passage, you know, the, these six verses, the word that points out to me that's, in, that's stated three times is the word victory. 
Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and I would take I would take this this time. You know, um, it mentions it mentions death, and death is something that is not is not fun or it's not enjoyable. You know, when we have a, yep. <laughs> you know, I think about family members, you know, family members of mine that, that had passed away. That's not fun. That's not enjoyable. But going back to this idea of the thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I think about my family members who aren't Christians that pass away who who don't have that victory that's that's in Jesus Christ. And I think about the the phrase death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Um, you know, when I have a family member or friend that's not a Christian to pass away, death is always hurtful and not fun. But when they're not a Christian, there's a a sting and a hurt that goes that goes deeper than just them passing away, um, knowing you know where they might be for eternity. It's different than I mean when I've had family members to pass away who are Christians. Yes, we're sad that they're not here on earth with us anymore. But there is that phrase, "Oh death, where's your victory? Oh death, where's your sting?" Because I'm actually happy for them. And we we, yeah. we rejoice for those people, and I think that that is the point of this passage. That is the climax of the passage, and he ends it with verse fifty-eight. Therefore, you know, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Um, he he wraps it up with saying. Um, you know, if you keep working, if you keep living for the Lord, when death comes, there's no sting. There's because we've already had victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, what I like about this passage is it almost explains itself. Um, yeah. And what's interesting is that Scripture does that often, um, all the time. All the time, it 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 literally explains itself. Um, you know, or or there's a therefore, you know, saying, "Hey, why don't you look back at this scripture, the scripture yeah. before it? It'll it'll give you more insight to what we're talking about." Um, so, so that's the that's the passage that I used, and yeah. So what what would if you put the main idea in one sentence? Do you think you could do that? Like, what is the main idea behind this? I would say the main idea is. If you keep, if you keep living for the Lord, there is victory in in death, in, in physical death. There is, there is victory. There is victory in passing away, which seems, yeah. which seems the opposite, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's that's what it's saying. But there you go. I mean, you have your application. You have your main idea. 
you know, everything is going to stick to that too, by the way. When we talk about the main idea, everything needs to keep in mind, keep that in mind. Um, you know, the, the preacher in me is like, I want to look at verse 58 and I want to like dissect all of it. Mm -hmm. Be steadfast. What does that mean? Be immovable. What does that mean? What does always abounding in the work mean? And then, you know, like knowing that your toil is not in vain. Let's talk about the attitude. I'm like, I want to dissect all those things, but now is not the time. When we have, when it's time to do a devotional, when it's time to do, you know, an idea like that, I think the way you handled that and, and you described that passage is perfect for, you know, Wednesday night invitation or a devotional. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. You want to, you want to pull the main idea, make the main thing, the main thing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, state it in a way that it says, you know, this is what we need to do. Uh, one point. Here we go. <laughs> yep, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk about one more before we have our, our break. And um, number three is formulating the structure of the devotional. I'm going to let you kick things off with this one. And, uh, All right. Uh, I'll add some things here and there. Um, so I like to start off with, uh, well, in the in 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 recent, I've just said good evening. Let's turn to, you know, First yep. Corinthians. Nothing wrong with that. There, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I've done a lot in the past, but um, recently I've started to take a minute, maybe, and just to introduce a thought. You know, for this passage, I would I would start with um, we've all experienced death at some point in our lives. We've had family members to die, our friends to die. What does that What does that feel like? What is that experience when someone you know when someone passes away? Um, yeah. <laughs> and and then That's I would. You know, that would be my opening thought to get people's, you know, get the wheels turning. And then we would go to scripture um, and read I the scripture. That. And then, uh, you know, we would read it. And hopefully, you know, the wheels are still turning. You know, people are still engaged. And then essentially, like I said, pretty much what I said earlier, I bring out the one point of, you know, when we pass away death is swallowed up in victory you know uh, yeah so so it's almost thought passage point very 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 yeah. simple man i like that and i like the way you have i guess some people would call that a hook right mm -hmm. at the very beginning is a hook uh to try to like pull everyone's attention and i love like that idea of starting with a question that's a great introduction um it's something I hadn't thought about when we talked, when I, you know, was putting together this outline, starting with a question, you know, something that's open-ended, have you ever thought about, or, you know, how does it feel when, or, you know, those sorts of things, they can be like a real hook because a lot of people can identify with, I have felt that way before, or you, you can start out, aren't you sick and tired of, and then insert something that bothers you mm -hmm. and, Odds are somebody else is probably, uh, you know, but again, that like, like you just did, that question should, you know, be connected to that scripture and the main idea. 
Um, and um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes we feel like a hook has to be a big, long, elaborate story mm-hmm. or a, you know whatever. Sometimes it can just be a thirty-second question or yeah or one sentence yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a one you know yeah have you ever thought about the difference between a man and a woman yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, let's keep things relevant uh anyway uh regardless of how you start out uh regardless of your um the way that you kind of approach your lesson you're gonna have a beginning middle and end you're gonna have some sort of intro some sort of, you know, you've got a passage, you an exposition of a passage, and then you have a conclusion, an application. You know, um, I don't think I've ever heard a lesson that didn't have those three things. Um, you know, I, maybe I have heard lessons where maybe there wasn't much of an introduction or maybe the introduction was way too long. You know, those kinds of things. But those components are always there. Mm-hmm. Um, so figure out how you want to do that. Um, I, that's what I would say. Yeah, I would say that um, sometimes I've heard short devotionals and you feel so crunched for time that you may say a passage. You might, you know, I would say, you know, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says death is swallowed up in victory and then move on. I would encourage us to read, to take the, you know, two yeah. or three minutes to actually read, um, read the passage. Um, I think it's all, it's always better for me to see it and for, for me to read yeah. it myself. Well, you know, even if, even if you want to start out and I do that a lot too, I, I do this idea of like, you know, good evening, everyone. If you turn in your Bibles over to, you know, Matthew chapter six, verse three or whatever, I mean, like. I mean, any, any passage of scripture, I would just say, I would, I would probably introduce that idea. Um, but even then, while they're turning there, you can sort of give an introduction. You can say, you know, if I'm going to turn, maybe it's Romans chapter six, you know, verses one through six. So we're going to study about, um, you know, I'll say, you know, good evening, everyone. We're going to turn over to Romans chapter six, verses one through six, and we're going to understand, or we're going to look at uh, the new life that is in Christ. Uh, when we are, or we're going to talk about, you know, being buried in Christ. You know, we're going to have this is a sort of idea that goes along with the text. You're clear about what you're going to be studying. It's just the short one sentence introduction, um, and it's, it's sort of killing two birds at once with one stone you're giving an opportunity for people to turn to the passage uh while you're giving sort of an introductory thought mm-hmm. um so i would say you'd always want to be scripture focused um and uh whether you ask the audience to turn to the passage or not there needs to be scripture that's read or maybe it's memorized and maybe you you know you um have a scripture that you want to state um, but, um, uh, you know, something else you can also do is, you know, you can tell a story, you know, a lot of devotionals that I've heard are, you know, they offer a story, then they move to a relevant text. There's less explanation about the text in those kinds of devotionals, I feel like, because there's so much time used to tell a story. Um, and then you can end on the application. 
And I would say that you should never forget to do the application. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you could just be like, hi, we're going to talk about this. Here's the passage. As together we stand and sing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... So, like, how how is it relevant? What is the point? Why are we talking about this? What's the challenge? You know, sometimes, and I wouldn't say not sometimes, but every time, uh, it's not enough to just explain a passage. There should be some kind of, there should be a charge. You know, like, if your lesson, if your short devotional is trusting God through the trials, that needs to be stated at the end, <laughs> right? That, you know, no matter what happens, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what the circumstances are, and even you can even make it more relevant by talking about real things. You can talk about, like, you know, whether you are going through a, a divorce or whether you're going through the loss of a loved one now, uh, you think about what's happening with the with your audience. You know, maybe you're having difficulty with a rebellious child or maybe you're having you know, these trials or whatever, you talk mm-hmm. about those things with specificity, it makes it more relevant for people. Uh, and so you offer that challenge at the end. Um, you want to have something that's relevant, something that's challenging, um, and you take that main idea from the scriptures and you put it, you inject it into our lives so that we uh, have some real-world application. Our lives really are transformed and changed as we uh, as we take in that message and then try to live in the way that we've talked about, whatever yeah. that may be. It should be a call to action, whether that yeah. action is a physical action, as in if it's about prayer, you know, do I need to have more intentional prayers or pray more often, or whether it's something internal, um, an action to reflect upon myself, or reflect upon it should be the met the, the application should should cause someone to do something um whether, whether that's like i said physical or even more internal um it should, it should you know we shouldn't have you know have a lesson on how you know maybe you look at one of jesus's prayers and how he prayed and this is how jesus prayed and then that be it, you know. As yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So, so, what do you say at the end of that? You know, this is how Jesus prayed. This is how about us? It's you know, probably like, a good way right? we should pray. Yeah, yeah, we should do the same thing. Or how about you? You know, like there's sort of a, you know, a a pull to emulate mm-hmm. what we've read. Um, so yeah, I agree with that entirely. Um. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll move on, and uh, we're going to have a quick break. We'll jump into the last two parts of developing a, a short devotional in just a second. Thank you so much for watching or listening today. We want to ask you nicely <laughs> to please like and subscribe, share, follow, do all the social media things. Uh, this helps uh, generate more um spread with the algorithms to other people's news feeds uh, makes it more it makes it easier for people to see our, our content so you can subscribe and follow and, and uh, watch us on youtube and rumble and facebook uh, 
You can also listen to Bearing Up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, those are the places where you can get us uh, each week. Uh, we also want to mention the Ministry League uh, because we are partners with the Ministry League and uh, they're a fantastic uh, Christian organization and they also have a fantastic uh, app. So check out the Ministry League app. It's just a free app with lots of Christian resources uh, and it has a library where you will find um, uh, lots of things. There's a particular library on podcasts uh, by members of the church and we are on there. So you can find us there as well and lots of other uh, great podcasts. So check out the Ministry League and their app. Uh, we also want to mention the Bearing Up Shop. Uh, I am wearing today uh, a shirt that you can purchase there. Uh, on the bottom of this, it says Faithful Listener. You can't see it, but uh, it says Faithful Listener. It's one of the first shirts that we developed. But there's lots more. Um, there are uh, mugs. There's other things there that you can uh, purchase. Uh, we don't want to ask for money. Uh, and so instead, we want to give you some uh, quality products. Uh, and uh, that's a way that uh, you get something that's, that's good. Uh, you get something that you can hold in your hands. Uh, but it's also something that uh, supports us in our work. So thank you so much for your support on that and your support in listening or watching today. And without further ado, let's get rolling again. So we're a little bit past the 40-minute mark, but we are going to keep on going uh, with the last two parts of this. Again, there's not any particular, you know, rules to um, doing a devotional, but uh, the way that we're doing this is just to kind of help people that, that would like to, to do this um, and do, don't have the experience and kind of need a little bit of direction. So we're going to, after selecting a passage and trying to find the application of formulating the structure, um, the fourth step is to consider your delivery. Uh, we've sort of kind of been like bouncing around with the idea of delivery. Mm -hmm. And we we're talking about questions and, you know, stuff like that, that you could say, um, you know, with that. But what are your thoughts? What are some of the tips that you have, uh, Joshua, when it comes to the delivery of a devotional? So when I think about, when I think about delivery, um, asking questions is something that, that I'm a big fan of. Um, you know, as the listener, um, I'm much more engaged if someone says, hey, what do you think about this? As opposed to just, you know, this is how it is, you know, just boom. Um, if they give me a moment just to kind of let the gears start going in my own head, I'm much, I'm much more engaged at that point. So I'm, I'm a big fan of questions or what is this? Or what do you think about this? Um, oh, yeah. Also, something that helps me is repetition. So I might have a phrase. I might have a phrase that I say in the beginning that, that no one really understands. You know, I wonder why he's saying that until the end. And then it's like, ah. Oh, this is why he's saying that. Um, <laughs> talking about you know the passage that that I used, um, you know I could 
I could have the phrase, um, you know, there. I, I could lead off. The first thing I say is, uh, there's victory in death. And people say, what? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> death is pretty sad sometimes, you know? It's pretty defeating. <laughs> but if I say that, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> kaplunk, you know, kick the bucket. <laughs> um but hopefully toward if I say that incrementally throughout those five or ten minutes towards the end, it makes sense. And hopefully that phrase can stick with someone. You know, um, I try to have a thought or something that, you know, if I could call someone up the next day and ask them, hey, what was my devotional about last night? Um, they're probably not going to give me a lot of details, but if they can give me no. one phrase or if they can give me one point, you know, that stuck with them, you know, in my mind, like that's a win. That's a, that's a touchdown. Um, Will you say victory like seven times in five minutes? You know, they're probably going to say victory, Mm -hmm. (laughs) victory about something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) About about something. Yeah. 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 Um, but for me, I have to realize sometimes I get so caught up in delivery that that I can forget about the passage itself. You know, I'll want to just run yeah. over the passage to get to the delivery or to get to my repetitious phrase or to get to my question. Yeah. Um, I personally have to remind myself, hey, this is not about my question. This is not about my phrase. This is about God's word. So um, I have to yeah. I have to. Keep myself in check with that one. Yeah. Um, what you about know, you? Depending what? on your experience and everything, you may you may write it out as a manuscript, or you might do like a couple bullet points. You know, I've gotten to where I just write down the passages I want to refer to. Um, you know, and uh, but. You've got to keep that purpose in mind, and you got to keep that the text is central, you know, to what you're doing. You know, there's a there's a style of preaching called expository preaching, and that idea is that you take a text and you're delving into the text, you're analyzing it, you're taking the original intended meaning of the text, you're trying to expose what the scripture is saying. But in a sense, all preaching should be expository in some sense because you're exposing the truth. And so we can't forget that whenever we are, you know, we're putting together, all right, how exactly am I going to say all of this? You know, maybe I've got a structure, I've got an idea, you know, basically beginning, middle, end, you know, intro, you know, looking at the scripture and finding the application. But What do I need to really focus on in all of that? How do I tie all this together? And what are the words that I'm actually going to say? It all needs to go back to, I'm trying to expose the truth. This is not five minutes of of fame for Zach or, you know, 10 minutes of Zach's story hour. It's what is the congregation? What does the audience need to know from the text? Um, I'd say another part of, Delivery is not necessarily what you're going to say, but how you're going to say it. Uh, and I think that's what people most of the time think about when 
talking about delivery. They're talking about, um, you know, posture and tone and inflection, the lowering or the hiring, the, the raising of pitch and the, and the lowering of pitch. And, you know, you don't want to sound monotonous. So you want to raise the pitch of your voice. You want to lower the pitch of your voice. And you want to do that to kind of keep people's attention. And you want to emphasize certain things. I'm going to emphasize those things. So, um, you know, it kind of helps, you know, people to be engaged to think about how you're going to do it. You know, your volume is very important. You know, when we talk to people, and some people are just more expressive than others, you know, in the way that they talk, um, but there's still a natural, you have a natural inflection when you talk to people. Um, so you focus on that sometimes. And I don't, I really don't know what's the best way to do this whenever I'm talking to somebody and trying to get them to develop a, a lesson for the first time. Because, you know, I've, I've taught men's leadership classes and I've taught people how to do their devotionals and have walked through people step by step and have done this before. Um, and some individuals, I can focus on those things. I need to say, like, you know, you need to stand up straighter. You need to not put your hands in your pockets. You, you mm -hmm. need to be more expressive with them. You need to, you know... Think about your tone. You need to think about your inflection, all of that stuff. But sometimes um, what has actually been more effective with other individuals is to say, focus on believing what you're saying. So don't worry about your hands. Don't worry about your volume don't worry about your inflection but focus on believing and really understanding what you're saying and that that's especially important when you do like a manuscript when you write it all out which is what a lot of beginners will do they'll write it all out so that they know what they're gonna say mm -hmm. um it's very easy to just read it um and it's fine to read it especially if you're starting out, you've never done it before. That's why you put it in manuscript form so you can read it. But even still, believe what you're saying. Believe and understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because you can read, you can read something. I can pick up the Bible and say, for he has put all things in subjection under his feet, but when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is accepted um, who put all things in subjection to him. And I could say that and like, but the way that I've said it doesn't really say anything about whether I believe it or not. So I could take the same text and I could say, for he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is accepted who put all things in subjection to him. All right? There's, there's an importance to the way that, that it's being said. We need to focus. Um, you know, again, this is not the main point of what you're doing. Um, 
you know, these things kind of grow with time. That that delivery aspect. I would, especially if you're you're getting started, I would focus on these other points, the first three points. Um, you know, get those really well before you start working on your hand gestures and your volume and, and all of that other stuff. Yeah. But that is something that you you should think about. Well, I think about, we, we all know, um, this is not a mystery you know, to people. What does it mean to be boring or not boring to listen to? You know, um, we all, we all, I have people in my mind, you know, I think of maybe preachers or lecturers or professors that in my mind, they might be boring to listen to. They might have, you know, good lessons. Uh, but their dynamic, their delivery is not, doesn't keep me engaged. And we all know what that is, you know, or what that is to us. Um, but like you said, it's something that just comes along with time and being comfortable being in front of a group of people. Um, you know, if this is one of your first times to give a lesson like this, um, you might have never been in front of a group of people, you know, speaking. So, uh, the first time getting up there and reading it and being monotoned and all that is, is a, is a huge step, you know? Um, oh, yeah. and then every, every time past that we're to be growing and, and hopefully becoming more comfortable. Um, yeah, we, yeah. we all know, we all know what it is. It's just being comfortable enough, you know, to, to improve on those things. Um, Yeah. And what it, something you might want to do, and as awkward and as difficult as that may be, practice in front of a mirror. Just, you know, take your, your, your Bible and your notes and go to the bathroom and just do it in front of that mirror and do it over and over. And you can look up and see what you're doing, um, you know, and it's just, you, you don't want to wing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if you're not, you know, there's a lot of experienced people that have been doing it for a long time. And there are times where I pick out a text and I say, all right, I'm going to talk about this. But there's no practice or anything. There's like, I just go up there and I say what's on my heart. <laughs> you know, I just mm-hmm. wing it. Uh, <laughs> but it took me a long time to get there. It it took me a long time to get there. Um, So you certainly, if you're just starting out, and of course that's kind of like a given. You don't want to just wing it. So just, you know, practice it. Go through it. Record yourself. (laughs) That's hard. People hate, yeah, that's (laughs) hard. That's, That's hard. But, or, you know, practice, you know, if you're a young person and you're, you're listening to this, uh, practice in front of your parents or your brother or sister and that's hard too but maybe they're gonna be there anyway you know Mm -hmm. and you know hopefully it's somebody that it just is gonna support you no matter what so um i'm gonna go ahead and say at this point before we move to the last one if you're giving a devotional Unless it's young people, <laughs> your audience <laughs> is rooting for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 
young people they they're the worst critics i feel like uh maybe maybe not but <laughs> like small children is, what, is that what you're saying or like teenagers teenagers, mm. teenagers. they're judgy <laughs> no i'm just missing uh it, you know i feel like most of the time and if it is you know you're giving a devotional on wednesday night all of those people are in support of you all of those people want you to succeed and do a good job you know they're not looking to you know count all the things wrong that you did there might be a couple people like that and those people just need to be quiet they're the worst yeah. they're yeah just don't don't listen to them you know maybe maybe there's something you can take from it but don't take it personally just take it for what it is say thank you and move on but besides those couple of people that can really be downers sometimes everybody else in that room or wherever you are they want you to succeed they want you to do a good job you know they're they're proud of you for getting up and doing it um so they're going to support you and love you no matter what so that's something to kind of keep in mind too with your delivery well i think we are we're running out of time here we are <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna do number five quickly and um that is extending the invitation we could give a whole podcast a whole episode mm-hmm. i think on giving an invitation <coughs> but depending on your situation you may not have to extend an invitation you know if this is if if you're giving a devotional at church camp and it's just like a little morning lesson to get get everybody together and you know, we're gonna we're gonna start the day with a message from God's word, and we're gonna go eat breakfast. You know, you may not want it. I mean, there may not be call to do an invitation at that point, so you might just skip this entire step. But you know, if this is like a Wednesday night, you know, mm-hmm. and this is some people call it the invitation. You know, this whole lesson or whatever they call that the invitation. <coughs> but I would say that the invitation is is the part of the end. Uh, it can go hand in hand with the application. You know, they, they might be completely tied together. They might be melded within each other. Um, but when extending the invitation, a lot of people ask, you know, what do you say? What, are, what, are, what, how do you do that? How do you extend the invitation towards the congregation <coughs> or the audience? And I would just say, ask yourself, what are they being invited to do? Right? If we're going to talk about the invitation, what are they being invited to do? So, what are they being invited to do, Joshua? Well, um, I think, you know, we said earlier that in your application, there should be a charge to action. What You know, whether yeah. that action is to do something or to reflect. And I think, you know... For me, it's always easiest, and I think most beneficial if those, if that charge to action, and the invitation, go hand in hand. Um, yeah, right. You know, it's it's a transition from one to the other. As in, um, you know, <clears throat> the passage that I use. You know, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? My invitation would be, would be to reflect. Um, are, are you, you know, if you were to pass away today, 
you know, would there be, would it be victory or not? Um, or would it be, would it be, be a stinging, you know, <laughs> to use the passage, yeah. um, you know, a call to, to reflect upon your life. Um, and then the invitation, you know, if you need to change something, you know, if it, if, if your death would not be victorious, then this is the invitation. You know, if you need to publicly change something or if you need prayers from the church, you know, to help change something, this is your invitation right now to do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think go. that's a great way of kind of like connecting those ideas together. And I mean, typically what you're looking at when you're inviting somebody to do something at the end is usually uh, to confess sin, you know, if it's like of some kind of public nature, uh, a repent of sin that's, you know, in your heart and you need prayers, you know, if you need encouragement, if you're struggling with something, you know, you're being invited to bring these things before God and his people, you know, you can repent in your seat. And I like to remind people that, you know, the invitation is, is God's, uh, and, you know, you don't necessarily have to come forward, but if you feel that you need to, and you need to express these things before the church, you know, you can come forward, you know, you come forward, we'll talk with you and we can talk about trying to encourage you, trying to help you, you know, ask prayers on your behalf and all of that. And, uh, again, kind of depending on the situation, if you've got the unchurched there, you got people that, you know, uh, have not obeyed the gospel, it's always a good idea to just, you know, maybe you don't want to go through all the steps. Now, there's a lot of people that are like, you have to go through all mm-hmm. the steps. I've heard you've got to go through all the steps at the invitation. And, you know, that's a good idea. Um, but sometimes what I'll do is if you know what you need to do to obey the gospel. Um, and sometimes I just leave it at that. And you would like to do that this evening. You know, we invite you to come forward and together mm-hmm. we stand and sing. Or sometimes I'll say, you know, if you'd like to obey the gospel, if you know that you need to repent of your sins and confess Christ, be baptized into him, uh, then why wait? You know, please do so now. And, and, and so I just kind of will mention those things. If the unchurched, the, um, you know, those who aren't Christians are there just kind of mentioned that um there are some folks that feel really strongly about like you mm-hmm. got to mention every step and a verse you got to quote a verse with it and that's a good idea usually with a sermon i feel like that's that's a it's a good idea sunday morning sermon or something like that devotional though uh just adds to that that time especially if you only got five minutes to talk about something um, you just don't have time to go through all of it. So, and it depends on your audience as well. As in, if you're right, if you're speaking to a, a group of a hundred percent Christians, you know, um, then then there's no need to go through the plan. You know, if they're if they're yeah, all Christians, you look but... out in the audience and there's not any visitors, and you know, you're talking to you know adults, and there's you know the congregation, and then there's not anybody that. You know, needs to be baptized at that point. Maybe there's kids, but they're not ready, and everybody else has, you know, done it. Then, 
you know, there's not the necessity to do that. You know, um, you might, you might say that, you know, if you're streaming or something like that, there's unchurched people that might be watching and you may want to do it just for that sake. But, um, that's probably within your own prerogative. Um, uh, so, but anyway, um, do you have any more to say about that or anything else that we've talked about, Joshua? Well, um, I, I just want to say, and, and you might, you know, we're going to say this at the end, uh, or I guess we are at the end. Uh, <laughs> if you, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't done a devotional, you know, um, I would encourage you to, um, I know I, I had a bad experience when I was 13 giving a lesson and I said that I would never give a lesson again and I didn't until I was 17. Okay. And you know, I understand, I understand that there are lots of fears that come with getting in front of a group of people. Um, but like you said earlier, everyone there is rooting for you. Everyone there wants you to, to do well, wants you to succeed. Um, they love you. You know, they love you more than, than you could imagine. Um, and, you know, the, the point of this, of our conversation today was to maybe help give some tools yeah. to help in that process. Right. And we've thrown a lot at you today. If you're, you know, just getting started or you're wanting to do this for the first time, we've thrown a lot at you. So take these things with a grain of salt. Maybe watch it again on on one and a half speed and just write down the five steps. You know, actually, we'll go ahead. We'll mention, pick out a scripture. What does it mean? That's number two. Figure out the structure. How are you going to point, point, point or, or beginning, middle, end? Consider how you're going to deliver it and then figure out how you're going to extend the invitation. You know, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things here, uh, and there's no one solution, you know, ask anybody else and they're going to tell you that, you know, maybe you should do it this way, you know, or here's an easier way. Um, feel like this is a pretty standard structure, a pretty good, you know, this is how I develop sermons as well, you know, with this, this sort of way. Um, and so, uh, I think that that's, uh, I think that's all we have to say about that (laughs) (laughs) to quote Forrest Gump, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, but we do appreciate everyone for listening today. This is a little bit of a longer episode, uh, than what we have been doing. Uh, so, but there's as lot as a lot or as little to this as there needs to be. And today there was a lot, I feel like. So, but we're going to go ahead and close with a prayer and we are going to have our servant spotlight. So please stick around for these things. Don't turn off the video or the podcast just yet. Um, as we wrap up with these things. So let's go to God in prayer. Uh, and then we'll have that service spotlight. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the blessings of it. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to speak to others and to share the word uh, with others. Pray, dear Lord, for anyone that's listened today and is thinking about doing a devotional. 
uh, volunteering to, to step up and to take that slot, maybe on a Wednesday night or uh, at church camp or, or some other situation, dear Lord. Pray that you'll be with them and uh, help them to develop uh, these skills uh, so that they're comfortable and able to do this and develop those skills uh, in such a way as to, to continue to grow in them and, and be an asset in the church in this way. Uh, we understand, Lord, that it's not for everybody. Uh, we ask your Lord that you'll help us all to seek to interpret Scripture in the right way, uh, that we always uh, try to look into your word and find out what it means, what it truly means, uh, so that we can have the right application uh, and live our lives according to your word. We thank you so much for Christ and his sacrifice for us. We thank you for the blessings that Christ has given. We thank you for this podcast and the work that we're able to do. I thank you for Joshua partnering with me in this work. And we ask your Lord that you'll be with both of us and with all of our listeners. This in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Servant Spotlight this week goes to Jack Wilkie. He is one of the editors of Focus Press. Uh, you can check out focuspress.org. And uh, he's also a co-host to a podcast called Think Deeper. And I have never met Jack Wilkie, uh, but uh, I have read a lot of his articles. Uh, I've listened a little bit to uh, one, one of the episodes of his uh, podcast. Uh, and he has just got a lot of very insightful uh, content. Uh, he talks about a lot of hot topics. Uh, you can actually go to his uh, about page on the focuspress.org and it gives you his top 10 articles. Uh, and there's some great things, great things that he has written. Uh, he's not afraid of difficult subjects. Uh, there are a lot of thought-provoking things and actually things that I've read that have inspired me to do many devotionals on a Wednesday night. Uh, so if you're looking for a place to go to, to give you an idea about doing a devotional, uh, this may be a good place to turn. Go to focus, focuspress.org, uh, check out Jack Wilkie and the uh, content that he's put out. Uh, he has a wonderful servant heart. Uh, and is doing all of that uh, to bring encouragement and sound teaching to the brotherhood. Uh, so the Servant Spotlight this week goes to Jack Wilkie. Uh, we thank everyone for listening again, uh, for watching, and we hope that you have a wonderful week, and God bless.